Welcome, 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 podcast listeners. You are here with your host, Mr. Budget Pedal Chap. You are here. It's episode number 166. Yes, I had to look that up. Uh, 166 of the Fret Talk Podcast. You're also joined by your co-host, the enigmatic, the evervescent Mr. Matt Quine. Hello. Say hi, Matt. Hi, Matt. Hey! It's fantastic. <laughs> right, this is this is a daytime cast, so it's it's throwing both both me and Matt already. Confused. Uh, <laughs> I'm looking outside and there's sunshine, whereas usually, usually there is naught but darkness. Um, so it is. It's a strange, strange sensation. I usually, I'm usually being blinded by a rather high wattage light bulb in my face as well. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, it's swings and roundabouts, really, isn't it? It is. You've got the, the high watt bulb is just outside this time. Yeah, yeah, it's like floating in the sky. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the, yeah, the high watt bulb of nature. Uh, how are you, Matt, anyway? You're all right. Yeah, not too bad. Um, starting a cold, which means if I start coughing, I'm going to get sent home from work and I have to do a test for COVID, which I know I don't have, so that'll be great. Yep. Um. I- but other than that, yeah, not bad. Um, I woke up like twenty five minutes ago, so let's <laughs> let's enjoy this cast because I'm not really here yet. That's it. It's going to be a bit like you're drunk. So yeah, I mean, drunk Matt's always fun, Matt. So <laughs> we're going to ride that wave. Fair enough. Well, let's let's start podcast proper. In fact, actually, before we do, let's give a shout out to the Patreon backers because. It's been a while since we've done that at the start. So who have we got? We've got Mr. Bimpson. We've got Mr. Yeomans of Chef Tone Effects. We have got uh, Joseph uh, Richardson of Abstractium Band, who I have been instructed this week, because I, I posted something on uh, on Instagram this morning asking for questions, um, and one of, the, one of the people, HB Guitar, who is in that band, he said... Mention that we've got a new single. Uh, so here you go. This is that official mention. <laughs> uh, um, we've got Doug Christ of 37 Effects. We've got uh, Huge Erection, uh, especially this time of the morning. <laughs> um, we've got uh, Ben Fletcher of Fletcher Pickups, and we have got Brian Go of the Tone Jerks podcast. Those are our Patreon backers. If you want to be one of those people, patreon.com slash for talk. There's still spaces available. <laughs> I don't I don't know how we limit spaces, so who well, knows? We just surely we can just put an arbitrary number on it, like four and a half thousand. Once there's four and a half thousand, we're not reading any more names out. Exactly. Exactly that, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm not gonna do it song style as the as they do on the guitar nerds. That sounds like a lot of a lot of pre-production for that. Yeah, that sounds like a lot of effort. It does, doesn't it? I mean, at very best, I'll, I'll perhaps even like hum a four-note tune. <laughs> there you go, Patreon. <laughs> uh, ta-da! <laughs> right, so let's let's start this podcast real. Um, Mr. Matt Quine, what have you been up to this week, mate? Um, I've done a fair bit, so since I was last on the cast, I've had two gigs with two different bands, because that's just how life seems to be at the moment. 
That's how you um, roll. Yeah. Um, so the first one was up the bungalow, which for anybody who knows the Isle of Man um, is the highest part of the mountain. I mean, the um, way that you worded that then. I wonder where that was going. That's just because you've got a dirty mind, right? So um, the highest part of the TT course yeah. um, is called the bungalow. Um, there used to be a museum there that has now been turned into a cafe and somebody hired this place out for their wedding. Um, so we played what we think is the highest gig ever on the Isle of Man. Not the highest, but the highest, if you know what I mean. <laughs> like highest in terms of distance from sea level. Um, they've never had a band in that place before. The only place um, that's higher on the island is actually on the peak of the mountain and you have to get a tram up there so I doubt anybody's gigged up there because I can't see anybody putting all their gear on a tram to get it to the top of the mountain <laughs> yeah that's it <laughs> so yeah um, so yeah that's like quite a pretty it's certainly a cool statement and certainly to play the gig at that kind of level was just great fun like people were chatting about it and yeah it was somebody's wedding just everybody was up for getting drunk and dancing and Having a good time. Having People a up from song, song one, so always a always a bonus. Yeah, yeah, it's it's always good when they're they're in the right mood for it. Yeah, it, yeah, it definitely it, it helps out a lot. Does it? It adds to the vibes, doesn't it? You it you get into the into the groove much quicker. Yeah, the only slight issue was the fact that because it's a a very new venue. They haven't actually finished off everything. So, bare concrete walls. Ah. <laughs> very uh, echoey. Very not, echoey. Not bare, as in... Oh, <laughs> oh Hussute gay man. <laughs> a, a, a mural of Hussute gay men on the wall. Yeah, again, not quite that, but yeah, no. Like, naked concrete walls. That still doesn't make it sound any better. Yeah, basically... We were playing in a concrete box, concrete floor with yeah. a rug on it, which was didn't cover the entire thing anyway. So very echoey, very difficult to kind of get sound. Um, it yeah, on stage it's probably the loudest I've ever sort of had it, just because with everything reverbing and the way the stage was. Um, there were concrete pillars that came out to the side as well. So, like, there was bits for stuff to reflect back on as well. So, yeah. even though we had, like, the PA speakers inside those concrete pillars going away from us, just because, obviously, amps on stage, drummer hits the drums incredibly loudly because um, he's a drummer. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, yeah, just, like, on stage, the noise was just... It, it was very difficult to hear a lot of stuff, but... um. Out front, we were told regu- re- repeatedly that it, it sounded great out front, so that's kind of the main thing. Yeah, but they've they've got some some treatment to do before it becomes a yeah a yeah good they'll venue. they'll hang paintings and stuff, and there is carpet to go down. It just hasn't gone down yet because the the venue isn't actually technically finished. The people who were having their wedding there knew the owners and begged them for the venue because they they had a different venue before everything happened and then yeah. that fell through and they were just like, yeah. So they just kind of begged and begged and begged and got, got this, got this place up and running before it's actually the, the cafe itself that isn't, it isn't actually open yet. It doesn't open till I think December, but yeah, they managed to talk them into opening a little bit early and, and getting the wedding in. But yeah, it's a good fun gig. Um, 
the other gig I did, which was last night, um, was just in a pub, which is weird for me because like I'm so used to doing like private functions and stuff, and like yeah, we've had a couple, but yeah, it it was it was good. It was a pub where I can actually fit on the stage with my amp, which. <laughs> it's better than like the the other couple of pub gigs we've done. I've literally been sat on top of my amp, and it's been difficult to hear yourself. And you know, you're told to turn down, and <laughs> yeah, what, Connie? Sli- yeah, it's slightly annoying, but yeah, this one there is a PA there, but um, it's it's not quite as a pain in the ass as the other one. Yeah, we we got got set up, and I could actually turn my amp up because there's no like front to the stage so the other pub that's got a PA the front of the stage is made of glass it's got a glass barrier which is great for great for music absolutely wonderful for music but yeah this doesn't like it was proper yeah proper gig and just absolutely loved it we we played we were supposed to play from half nine till midnight at mm. midnight, the owner came over and he's like, can you play for another half an hour, please? Because <laughs> people were just in and loving it. And yeah, so we ended up doing like probably like two and three quarters hours, whereas normally we'd do about two and a quarter. So yeah, great fun. Ended with Freebird where I just piss off. <laughs> you do, got do to some, rip it again. Yeah, just just do some, some ripping it. And like the way the stage was set, I was so... We had the drummer at the back, then me and the bassist, then the keyboard player and the singer. Yeah. And um, for Freebird, the singer got rid of his music stand and just pu- pushed me to the front. And there was, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, I then just, you know, went proper fret wanker mode and just started oh, yeah. shred- shredding it and like not proper shredding, not doing like legato and all that nonsense, just blue shred where you just like run up and down the blue scale and just proper <laughs> yeah. proper amateurish stuff but self indulgence yeah absolute self indulgence and then just like yeah and we had a little bit of time to fill because we didn't have half an hour extra worth of stuff we probably had like 22 minutes worth of extra stuff so <laughs> they were like oh just extend the solo at the end of Freebird and I was like yeah that's fine but I'm not used to playing like this so yeah. my hand was cramping up by the end of it and I was just like yeah that was great yeah. fun, but this, I need this is to already seven minutes worth of solo. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and you ask me Come to on, go people. for like ten, an extra ten after that, and it. That's it. Yeah, it was it was great fun. Um, loved get, every minute. You get to a certain and, age, don't you? And then extending the solo becomes a bit <laughs> of a challenge. Yeah, especially when I already like have quite a lot to do in the solo of Freebird and they're just like yeah just just keep going and I was like yeah I'll keep going as long as I can and then like at one point I just turned around and I was like look trying to look at people and yeah. they were all just looking at each other and I'm like can't catch any of these eyes end the fucking song that's it that's where you need to just walk over and nut someone <laughs> come on but yeah end. yeah yeah it was great fun and like they could tell by me instead of Fret wanking, just kind of doing, starting to do some more melodic licks that um, I was <laughs> yeah, running out of. <laughs> I was a running out of ideas, and b my left hand was actually starting to cramp up, and I've never had that playing before. Like, I've uh, because I don't ever play that kind of, you know, yeah. fret wankery kind of self indulgent. I never play it for very long, so yeah. It, it gives you a, used to it. It gives you a respect for uh, for people like Malmsteen and, and Vi and Satch and all yeah. that. It absolutely does. Like they they must play 
like hella light to be able to to go for that long because I like that was probably the the issue was I was probably playing far too fucking hard and heavy and strangling the neck. I mean, the, the, there is like uh, a juxtaposition with um, with euphemism here, isn't there? It, it's, it's towing that line, like having having a, a lack of stamina after a after a certain amount of time, doing it too hard, too quick. We've all been oh, there, dear. boys. We've all been there. We have. But yeah, so a couple of gigs. Um, and the other shit that I've been doing is um, I mentioned, not last cast, but the cast before, that I bought a Tate FX BMB. That you did. Um, and whilst it hasn't got any boards yet, because waiting next weekend, which will be the weekend just gone for the listeners, yeah, is my last gig for like five or six weeks okay and yeah. i think at that point i'm gonna break the board apart and make a decision on what i'm doing whether i'm making two boards or whether i'm rebuilding this board and just having one but um i'll make that decision at that point because it sounds like a you know something that i actually have to put thought into and i i can't be asked at the moment yeah but I, that that gives me like six weeks to do it and yes i'll have a couple of practices but i can emergency put a board together if i have to yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. And you can practice with just an amp. Like, it's- yes and no, like because because there's quite a lot of effects in both the bands. So I'd I'd mm. rather not like in case we they say oh let's practice this and it'll be like yeah I won't sound anything like what I'm actually going to sound like though. So yeah, yeah, but yeah, I could I could put together like a a five pedal board that would just about cover most of the stuff for yeah. either of the bands, but um. Yeah, I just it's easier to have a big chunk of time where we're not gigging, where I can just rip the board apart, and it doesn't matter then if I can't be asked putting a board back together <laughs> <laughs> after I do that. So, yeah, that'll be the plan. Uh, but the, yeah, messing around with the BMB, and that's going to end up on the on the main board. I think like I I fell in love with it straight away. There's so many different sounds in there. Like I know you did. Was it a no talk or tone you did on it, or was it an actual? demo you did yeah on the this, was, this was before no talk all time was a thing so yeah yeah it was. Um, but yeah you, you covered it quite well like there is a low gain kind of bluesy sound in there yeah and it's good don't get me wrong but i barely use it because <laughs> because like the, yeah <laughs> once you once you get get past like between half 10 and 11 o'clock on the on the dial once you once you start going towards noon it's like a really crunchy kind of higher gain pedal and then if you go right the way round and you get past like three o'clock it turns into almost like a fuzz pedal yeah and yeah like i just it, it's it's amazing i love it um i i tend to spend a lot of time at like between one and two o'clock playing pop punk because you know it, I, that's that's just what it made me do when i first plugged it in yeah yeah, yeah. i could i can completely understand it because it's got that kind of the the game structure to it's quite soft sounding, so it, it lends itself well to kind of like a blanket of noise. Yeah, in, and that's what you get with kind of punk guitar, isn't it? it? It's not there's there's no like massively harsh attack, and it just kind of you, you kind of get a bloom of of dirt. Yeah, yeah, that's absolutely it, and yeah, like. Well, the first time I plugged it in, I kind of got to that setting, 
and was just playing like I know people will, will, will sigh and you know roll their eyes, but I was playing like Offspring and Wheatus and Green Day and all all that kind of stuff that I I learned when I was a teenager, and it just it just inspired me to play that. And as much as like the pedal does far more things, I spent two hours like the first of the first three hours I had it plugged in. I'd say I spent two of that two two hours of that just playing like pop punk fucking power chord riffs. Yeah, yeah, and and who who are we to say whether that's wrong or right? Because if if you had like two hours worth of just solid enjoyment out of it, then it's there's there's nothing wrong with that at all. Yeah, yeah, it's it's like I say, a f- fantastic pedal. It's going to end up on at least one of the boards. Probably, I'm going to say probably the main board. I need to. I haven't tried it through the Vox yet, and that's the the kind of that's the kind of thing with high gain pedal. Or, not low gain pedals. Yeah. Um the Vox is very picky. With things like the Kossoff and the Messiah, you can get one good sound through the Vox, whereas if I was plugging it in through a Marshall, they've got hundreds of sounds in them. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well not hundreds, but they've they've got plenty of sounds in them. Whereas kind of with the Marshall you have to sorry, with a Vox, you have to dial those pedals to the Vox rather than dialing the sounds that you want from those pedals. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um and that's just the way the Vox is, and like, don't get me wrong, they sound great when you dial it to the Vox, but you, I think the way this, the the tone structure is with the BMB, I think I'll probably get more sounds out of the BMB, even though it's not an, an amp in the box style pedal, it's more like a, 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 a its own sound. Yeah, it's a, it's an effect, isn't it? It's not it's not trying to emulate. Um, well, obviously, it's the, it's trying to emulate a certain pedal, but that pedal. Um, is an amp. Yeah, yeah, it's not trying to kind of point you towards like any like British or American or or whatever sound. It it's it's just its own sounds, isn't it? Yeah. And like you say, it's uh, <laughs> it's like saturated pop punk, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And like I say, there's there's other sounds in there. The the the, the kind of edge of fuzz sound right at the top of the gain structure is absolutely brilliant as well. I spent time using that as well. Yeah. But yeah. Like I've I've pretty much fallen in love with the bmb i can understand it and I, I to be honest when i heard that you were buying it i thought yeah you're gonna get on with this one <laughs> well i mean like realistically if i was to put a tiny like if i was told i need to put a small board together for a gig and i could end up with three tate effects pedals as my drive section with the <laughs> anteras the BMB and the the Razor Dead, and I think you've got pretty much everything in there. Yeah, you, you're not going wrong with any of those. To be fair, uh, for me, I think the uh, the Antares is the one that kind of speaks most to me. Um, but oh, I'd, I'd happily have any or all of those on a board anyway. Yeah, I mean the, the Antares is definitely the most versatile, and definitely for me. And the stuff, the, the stuff that we play, the most useful in terms of like most of the stuff I do needs lower gain kind yeah. of crunch, L- lighty and, crunch. <laughs> yeah, but that doesn't mean to say that the other stuff isn't great fun to play. That's it. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 not any more or less valid. It's just more useful within the applications that you need. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I think we mentioned it on the last cast, but once again. Congratulations to Stuart for the the hundredth unit sold, and that that white Antares just looks amazing. Yeah, I, 
I, if I didn't already have an Antares, I'd have been seriously considering that white one because it looks fantastic. Doesn't it? He's got to do a few more. Come on. Come on. Because there was, there was only one ever made, I think. Yeah, there was. I think. I assume it sold. It must have sold. It looks great. Yeah, I thought I thought he was going to keep it for himself, but knowing Stuart, he, he did he did that with um, like he made a pink one for himself, and then he ended up selling that. So, well, he made yeah. It, didn't he say the pink one was going to be a one-off, and then he ended up doing like four of them? So, yeah. So fingers crossed. <laughs> That's it. Anyway, speaking of uh, speaking of harking back to childhood, and uh. Just general uh, childish misbehaviour. I did a demo of a pedal this week. <laughs> I did a, a demo of a pedal that was on my gigging board when I first started playing. Uh, so I had—I I've, I've think I've mentioned it a few times on the on the podcast. But when I when I first started playing, I had a a Boss BCB60 with essentially mostly Behringer pedals. Um, and I had the the tube overdrive, is it called? I keep calling it the vintage overdrive, and it's nice because there's the tube overdrive and there's the vintage tube overdrive. Uh, <laughs> and they are very much a take on a very similar circuit. Uh, so I had the tube overdrive, the li- lilac one. I had... Uh, the boss equivalent, uh, sorry, the the Behringer equivalent of the OS two. So it was like distortion overdrive or whatever it was called. Yeah. And then I had the Behringer Ultra Metal. Uh, <laughs> and I I am pretty certain that I used that the most because I was a teenager, and <laughs> gain go brr. Yeah, more gain, more <laughs> yeah. gain. That's it, yeah. And and when the when the gain is up, we turn the gain up some more. That's it, yeah. Uh, so I came back to that one this week, um, and I I was fully expecting to be panning panning that pedal something rotten, um, because number one, it's a an old Behringer pedal, which they still have got a lot of stigma, despite the the video that uh, Josh Scott did about them, um. And the fact that it is essentially like the Behringer equivalent of a metal zone, which again by the guitar community gets a lot of hate. So I was very much expecting to be doing <laughs> doing a a kind of uh, little bit of a flame war on this one. However, um, <laughs> yep, uh, I I, um, I I plugged it in, uh, had a little bit of a go with it, and actually. There's a lot more redeemable features on it than you'd think. Um, like the EQ on it is absolutely fantastic. It, it is so so powerful. Um, but as Spider Man said, or it, sorry, it was Uncle Ben, weren't it? His uh, rice making uncle. Um, he said, "With great power comes great responsibility," um, and that's. I think that's. Possibly where a lot of the problem with the uh, <laughs> with the metal zone comes from, because the EQ is so powerful, you can dial in bad sounds. You can make it way too bassy. You can make it way too fizzy. 
you can like if you scoop the mids out of it, it sounds like it sounds like you're playing through a gramophone. <laughs> um, That's what they were going for. Yeah, the well-known metal sound, <laughs> the gramophone. That's it. <laughs> That's it. Um, so, so I can completely understand why it gets like terrible, terrible reviews. Uh, and if you shoved all of that going through like a shitty fifteen watt solid state practice amp as well, <laughs> you you can you can hear it, can't you? Like you, from that description, you can hear how bad that sounds. Yeah. Um, and that that is pro- like possibly why. And I assume because young guitarists go, yeah, I want to sound metal. I'm gonna get the metal zone. Um, so again, <laughs> like lots of units sold to inexperienced players. Um, but yeah, so the the EQ section on it's really really quite good. Um, and I managed to dial in a few uh, a few tones with it. Uh, the gain on it doesn't go off. <laughs> like there's no there's no kind of like edge of breakup clean tone. <laughs> Forget that. It's, it's metal tone. Yeah, it starts it pretty much starts where the kind of midway through the DS one. Um <laughs> so that kind of gives you a gives you a clue. Uh which it sounds alright actually. It it does sound compressed because I think it's like even at the lowest gain settings you're already being clipped by that point. So the dynamic range isn't really there. Um, but it's not its not a terrible sound. And then the more you push it up, obviously, the more gain you get. Metal players aren't after dynamics. They're, they're after that chugger, 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 or the whiddly, whiddly, whiddlies. Yeah, and, and that's that's essentially what, what I did with it. I ended up ripping pinched harmonics left and right, um, which... <laughs> Again, harken back to the childhood. Um, so for for my money, if you use the, the EQ in a slightly more subtle way and you don't push the gain to maximum, anywhere between like naught and like two-thirds is yeah. fine. It's fine. It's, it's enough gain. Like You push it past into that final third. It's not giving you any more gain. It's just introducing more noise to the signal. So... <laughs> Yeah, bring bring the gain down. Be gentle with the EQ. Even if you are scooping, be gentle. You don't need to knock all of those mids out. They are there. They are your friend. Uh, and yeah, I, I had really good fun. <laughs> and the comment section in it, I had <laughs> I had a German person uh, comment on it. And I had to <laughs> Google what they said. Uh, they put like a timestamp and then this, this crazy German word. Like okay, this is this is ominous, <laughs> um, but apparently it was superb, or something along those lines. So, but yeah, cool. I I obviously did the Behringer some justice. Um, it's yeah, very much out of my comfort zone. Um, so not the not the kind of blues dad, uh, comfort <laughs> blanket that I usually sit in. But it it was it was a pretty decent. Uh, it it shows you what it does anyway. Uh, yeah. And so I'd I'd run through only the pedal. I don't put it through a distorted amp because <laughs> I figured that might be a bit much. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was it was a decent, uh, decent little pedal. Um, 
I was quite happy with it. Um, so yeah, what else have I done this week? Oh, more YouTubey stuff. We uh, we finally released sort of like a video that we've been. It's been in the in the in the works for probably about a month or so now, and I'm sure I've told you like little bits about it, haven't I, Matt? You have. Um, and I'd I'd shown people like little clips of it as I, as I was doing it to kind of gauge uh, gauge interest, and that has that's actually dropped now. So it's the top five most influential guitar pedals. Um, if you haven't watched it. Please do. Please go go ahead and watch it. And if you have watched it, go into those comments and just leave which which pedal you think should be on that list because five influential pedals is is like saying, okay, what's the the most useful bit of cutlery? You get to choose one. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So I mean, there's there's arguments. That, I mean, we we know that we left out. Like some pretty big, big names in the pedal world, um, and like some, you might even think, um, like that's a bit of an odd choice, um, but like we we put our heads together, uh, me, Lowell, and uh, Lee, we'd we'd kind of hashed it out and argued a little bit uh, as to which ones we thought were right, and then we we got there, um. But yeah, it's it's a it's a pretty good watch, uh, even though I might have spelled influential wrong. <laughs> Excellent. My argument is that photo editing software does not have spell check. Um, and yes, the word influence is spelt with a C, not a T. <laughs> yes. So, fuck you, English language. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, as a as a little uh, a little kind of bonus, Matt, if you were to choose a top five most influential guitar pedals, which five yeah. would you choose? So, coming to my head originally, and we kind of did this because I tried to guess what you'd done earlier on. Yep. My number one would be a Tube Screamer because mm-hmm. it's just... It's almost it's, as iconic it's been as... Around, yeah. It's, yeah, it's been around forever. Like, it does so much. It's... Yeah, it, it's it, like, that has to be there. Um, it's, it's a bit like the Strat, isn't it? Like, you, you could go to someone who doesn't know what... Necessarily a lot about guitar, and yeah. they, they could point that out as a guitar pedal. Yeah. Um, the the next two kind of come as like a a, a a pair, and it's it's like the the two fuzz circuits, the full the the big muff and the fuzz face. Yeah, like again, been around forever, been on half the records you've ever heard at this point. Like, you know, um, yeah, yeah. What with, with Hendrix and the Stones and fucking the Gilmore and. Every, everybody's used one of the two of them at some point, like or, or even both. <laughs> yeah, or or both. Yeah. yeah. Um. After that, it gets a little bit more. Like it, it gets tricky, doesn't it? Yeah. Like I, I personally would have to go Crybaby because, while again being around forever, and yes, we had the the podcast where we said that actually 
don't even need one. Why is useless? Why is a pointless thing? Yeah. But at the same time, again, you think of like sixties, seventies, even eighties and nineties, and yeah, like you'll be able to find war everywhere, wherever you look. Yeah, I you mean, might, you might have to look a little bit harder these days, but it's still there. It's still still being used. I think if we if we go back to what we said when we were doing that, uh, like that discussion, what was it? It was a, a use views maybe. Um, think about uh, the intro to Voodoo Child without a war, <laughs> <laughs> and it's just it's just silly. Yeah, um, like. And in terms of like top five influential, where would where would seventies porn be without the war pedal? <laughs> just wouldn't yeah. would it? It just uh, wouldn't exist. Yeah. Yeah, so you've got that and then like I think for number five I'd go line six DL four. I'm I'm down with that actually, I think. Yeah. Cause like, we we went with the whammy as like the the archetypal like nineties, um, like the the pedal that kind of summed up that era, without yeah. it being the DS one, obviously. Um, again, another one that we could have thrown in. <laughs> um, but I think like equally, the the DL four could have been could have been synonymous as well, because it is it's it's just literally like any any delay sound you heard, kind of. <laughs> Post mid nineties was probably that. Yeah, I think it was in nineteen eighty nine. The DL four. No, it can't have been that late. I'm pretty sure because I was listening to a Tones Jerks episode like four days ago. I don't know. It it wasn't their most recent one, but um, they were doing a if it was was it a rig? Oh no, hang on a bit. Was it ninety nine, not eighty nine? Maybe it was ninety nine. Maybe they were doing it. Yeah, I can't remember whether they did. They were either doing 80s or 90s um, guitar rigs. Yeah, maybe it was 99. Yeah, let's have a look. So, uh, I'm questioning that. Uh, Yeah. In the world of 2000, yeah, so... Yeah, so it must have been, like, November 99 or something. Yeah, old unit dating back in 99. Yeah, okay, yeah. I've got to say 89. Fuck me. (laughs) It, It sounded wrong when I said it, and then I was like, yeah, yeah. But yeah, like it's it's even though it's what twenty years old, and there were delay pedals before that, but like it kind of did it in a different way. Like I know it's a, it's a huge unit, isn't it? Is it three or four buttons? Four, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So you've got like loads of different stuff in there, um, and it kind of it it certainly like the iconic delay pedal for me. Like I know people will say like DD three or whatever, and some of the others, but or Space Echoes and stuff, but like. Yeah, like the Space Echo, I hadn't heard of really until uh, the guitar and I had started filating it. Um, and the, like, all of the other ones, the the DD3, the DD5, all of those, they're kind of they're a bit, uh, like, there's nothing that makes them really, really stand out. Whereas yeah. that, that green, iconic... Like monstrous box, it did. It, it defined that that kind of era of effects, and I I would like I wouldn't uh, hesitate to say that without that that 
see that series because it weren't just it weren't just delay. There was like a, a a filter version and like a distortion modeler. And but without that series, you probably wouldn't have had uh, like the flashback times for you. Yeah. Prob- like the Strymon pedals wouldn't look the way that they did, and or like anything outside of just like a normal box owes owes it to the the line six big box stuff yeah because yeah they kind of normalized that pushing of the boundaries didn't they yeah absolutely and then like the the other one you had on the list that i didn't go for was it the ce2 um which i did actually guess earlier before the cast but Mm -hmm. um the only reason I wouldn't put chorus in there is because chorus is the eighties, and usually people use it badly. I mean, in the video we do we do allude to that, um, but yeah, like in terms of like influential, I thought you've got to have a chorus because otherwise, much like the the war was in the seventies, in the eighties you wouldn't have had any clean guitar tones. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I, you can't, you can't go wrong with putting the chorus. To be honest with you, like as much as the two fuzzers, um, are so influential, and like they've all had like a thousand different clones, and they've been on every kind of every genre of music. You probably could have got away with one fuzz and having the wire in, so that you had the wire, the chorus, the fuzz, the drive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To be fair, I mean, we are planning on doing a. Like um, a viewers, a viewers' choice follow up, um, yeah. and there's no doubt that the the crybaby will probably make it. Um, we might get the the DL four in there. Um, there'll be plenty of others, but the way that we're doing it is we're looking at the comment section. So, if you want to make sure that your favorite pedal gets a mention on the follow up, get in that comment section and get writing it in. Because once we get over a certain amount of people saying for that that one, we can't deny it then. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's the way to do it. It was it was great fun to do as well. Actually, that video was. So I'm well up for doing a second one. Um, <laughs> just some of the uh, some of the expressions that Lal used um, were just absolute quality. Like the uh, mentioning the big muff being the kid in the schoolyard that says, "My dad will beat up your dad." He's <laughs> <laughs> fantastic, absolutely fantastic stuff. Right, what time are we on? I can't see. <laughs> I can't see my uh, like thirty-five minutes. Thirty-five minutes. Okay, that's that's sound. Um, we've got some stuff to do. Hmm. Oh, actually, you were thinking of doing a silent rig, weren't you, Matt? Or like a silent stage solution? Let's talk about that before we yeah, do any Yeah, so moves. basically the the, the, the the other stage that has the PA over here that I alluded to early on with the glass front, um, they prefer people to come where with something that has a line out so they can take it into the desk, and um, the Vox doesn't particularly have that. Um and also takes up a lot of space, and it's a very narrow stage. So, like I say, my ass is against the box. Um, they've got 
half decent monitoring to the point where like I was actually although standing on top of my Vox, I ended up having it in the fold back. Yeah. So like they've suggested that they probably want us to come in and play either bi monthly or monthly next year. Um so either we'll we'll do between six and twelve gigs in there next year. Yeah. Which great. I don't mind playing there at all, but for ease of use for me and also for them, it might be worth me just taking the hit and spending enough money on a, a silent solution or I don't want to call it a silent solution because it's just a, like a, something where I can just send a signal to a desk rather than having an amp on stage. Yeah. Because as much as I, lo- I love the Vox, like it is a bit of a pain in that particular venue. And just being able to turn up with a guitar and a board um, does appeal to me a little bit. So I wasn't 100% sure on like what my options were. Like I knew the Cab M Plus was like one of the options but like the more i think about it that probably is the way i'd go but the the other thing that was suggested to me that looks kind of interesting was the simplifier i don't know whether you've seen this no i don't know what the company is but um it it's basically um an amp in a box but it's not like the 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 cheaper like Moore or um yeah. is it hotone that have got one the the hotone have got one as well isn't haven't they um yeah, that there's is like like a proper amp though, whereas the the Moore ones are uh, like preamps. You have preamps and then you have like because it's all modular. You've got like yeah. a bunch of preamp pedals and then you've got the um, the baby bomb that you put at the end of it to then power a, a speaker or whatever. Um, where um, like the 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 Moore the I think it's the, the the Nano Legacy was the um the heads you could get but they also had like a floor version of it can't remember what it was called it was like the right okay like two of their heads in one yeah, yeah I, I do was... remember because I think Josh had one didn't he he did yeah yeah but yeah so like I I was just I I basically asked a couple of groups about it and somebody suggested this simplifier which i'd never heard of before um it's by a company i've never heard of called humdolt so h-u-m-b-o-l-d-t um i i assume it's german looking at that but um yeah like not sure but um there's some cool features on it so it's like stereo it's a stereo amp in a box so it's got um two outs um, you've basically got the choice between um, one twelve, two twelve, and four twelve for each side. So you can do a one twelve and a two twelve, or a two twelve and a four twelve. Yeah. Um, you've then got like your choice between six L sixes, EL thirty fours, KT eighty eights for your power amp valves, and then um, I can't remember the three amps. It's AC. Yes, yeah, so you've got like an AC Brit. An American and an MS Brit, so you've got like preamps for AC, Marshall, and Fender. Yeah, um, all built in um, to this, and it's got it's a XLR out or um, or jack out, so depending on what the desk wants. Yeah, <laughs> that's that um, does sound ideal, doesn't it? Really. Yeah, and you can change mic position and stuff like you can within the the cab M digitally. Yeah. You can do that actually on just with with knobs on the the pedal. 
Um, you got volume gain, presence resonance like a normal amp, um, and a three-band EQ. And then it's got a separate headphone. So if you just want to use it as a headphone rig, there's a separate headphones rig that will also take an aux in cable. So if you want to practice to stuff, you can send aux in, but it only sends stuff out to the headphone jack. So you couldn't like use it to play through the PA or anything, but yeah. you wouldn't want to because you can just plug into a, the desk at that point. But um, it's something that I've actually watched a few demos on, and it's going to be a decision between that and the cab M. Yeah. Um. I think I'll probably go with the Cab M. It's about the same price. So the, this this simplifier is there two nine nine, and the Cab M is like two six nine. I think. Okay. Yeah. So there's not much in it. Seems like the the simplifier's got slightly more functionality to it uh, because I think the Cab M, uh, the the preamp uh, voicing for it is limited. Yeah. Whereas it seems like it's a bit more, um, a bit more extensive with the Humboldt. Hum yes. Um, <laughs> there's there's um Audient as well. Do do something, and I can't remember what it's called. But there's an Audient. Uh, it's it's a bit like a an audio interface. I think it's got outs as well. Um, that do yeah. like I think it's again it's a stereo out and it's got like preamp modeling and it's got cab emulation as well because i was looking at all of the options um before i got the the hx stomp yeah and the only thing that puts me off the stomp is if i bought it i'd end up wanting to use some of the effects in there and i just with the <laughs> fact that i've already got a board and like <laughs> yeah. I, I i know i'd get distracted and like i just want something that is just and either a cab sim or an amp sim because if I got the cab M, I might not even use the preamps in it. I might use the cut off or the Messiah or I might use a pedal as the preamp and then yeah, yeah. that as the power amp at the kind of at the end of the signal chain. But um, yeah, I like if if I get something like the HX Stomp, I will just I will end up getting lost in the millions and millions and millions of choices and then the infinite tweakability within those choices and then. All of a sudden, instead of building the thing, and like I'll, I'll just be end up like making patches, and I, I, I yeah. don't need that. And and it's it, it is another like two hundred quid on top of what these the, the ones that I'm looking at at the moment are. So yeah, yeah, I think it's a, a bit like buying a fighter jet to do the school run. Uh, yeah, in that sense, like it's all good and well if you if you can afford a fighter jet, but. It's not, it's not really covering the ground that you. Well, it, it can cover the ground that you want to. Yeah, but, but it also covers so much fucking more. <laughs> yeah, it's much better suited to to other tasks. Yeah, yeah. I, I get, I completely get where you're coming from with that because, like, I, I've thought of ways of incorporating parts of the HX stump, and like, I've done that entire uh, video series on like pedals versus the pedals within the stump. Um, and I'm only really just scratching the surface with it as well. Um, yeah. And I think I'm purposefully not diving as deep into it for the exactly the same reasons that you wouldn't be. Because uh, yeah, I could I could end up losing a lot of a lot of time uh, to that. Um, 
because like you say, it's got everything in it. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think yeah they sound like some some very strong, uh, very strong solutions for you. Um, and of course, listener, if if there's anything that you think uh, Matt is uh, missing here, just l- let us know in uh, in the Fret Talk podcast. Oh, the the uh, blue blue amp amp one. Yeah, is I think order. again that I think that's nearly twice the price of these that yeah. I've looked at so far. Um, but if I could keep it to like two fifty three hundred, I I definitely aim for that because. Like I say, it's something that I'd use for one venue. Um, and yes, they they have said that they'd like us to come fairly regularly next year mm. when they're booking us in. Um, yeah, it's it's still like six to twelve gigs a year, and like for the rest of the time, I will be using amps. So I don't want to like yeah blow your yeah. wad on that. Yeah, yeah like <laughs> yeah, fully. I am still paying off the stomp, so <laughs> like completely, completely back you on that one. Yeah, yeah, and like if if I ended up like really falling in love with something, then yeah, I'd I'd I would spend more. Like I've I own four amps, I can probably do with selling one of them, and I'd still be all right. Yeah, yeah, I don't think you'll be wanting for for any tones. To be fair, right? I reckon we get we get on with some news, kind of news discussion, maybe. Uh, I haven't got much discussion, so it's mainly going to be news. Okay. Uh, okay. So, uh, I mean, the first the first bit of the news segment kind of, kind of uh, ties in with this actually. So Harley Benton, they're a company. They are. Um, they have released something called the GPA one hundred, which is essentially a, um, almost pedal board shaped, so like a, almost like a compact boss pedal sized. A hundred watt power amp. Uh, so it's a class D power amp, as you would expect for something that tiny. Um, but it does hundred watt at eight ohm, or up to a hundred and ninety at four ohms. So okay. pretty fucking loud. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's hundred watt class D power amp, so it's not going to be. It's not going to be like a, a JCM eight hundred. Style, <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, but like, uh, and it, even even solid state class D. Uh, uh, once you start getting to a, like a hundred watts, you get a decent amount of volume out of them. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it's enough to gig with. I, I, pretty sure you'd be happy with that. Uh, so it's got it's got a few controls on it. Uh, it's got essentially four dials on it. It's got bass, middle, and treble. So it's got a, a three band EQ, and it's got a volume like a master volume. I assume. It is meant to to run clean. It doesn't. It's not going to add any kind of preampy flavour to it. It's purely just loud. Um, but it's also got uh, LED indicators for like. Uh, so it's got three LEDs. One for the uh, for the unit being on. One that it's receiving a signal, and another one to show that it's peaking. So yeah, like really, really functional. Um, but like the, exactly the exactly the functions that you want to want to see from that. Yeah. Um, how much do you reckon that'd go for? See, I I haven't actually looked at anything that's just a power amp. Like yeah. the 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 things that come into my head was that the 
44 Magnum and the 22 caliber from yeah. EHX. So I'm guessing they'd be like 80 to 120. So let's say this will be 120. This is 70 quid. Brilliant. Yeah. And the the EHX stuff, I think you, you're pretty much bang on with that. I think they've also got the 9mm or something like that. Right, okay. Which is like a much smaller version, but like they are, it's like, it's like, like really small wattage, slightly bigger wattage, slightly bigger wattage again. Yeah. Uh, they, what they've got on them is just like a bright switch. They've got bright and normal. Okay. Uh, so you've, you've pretty much got that tone. Um, whereas with this, it's dialable. Yeah. Yeah. You can, you can really like hone it in. It is, it is just power. So it's, not going to, um, you you wouldn't expect it to be replacing an entire ramp, but throw one of those more preamps in front of it, or like a a decent preamp style drive pedal, yeah, and you should be able to get a, a usable tone. What I'm thinking for it um, is for those people who are using modeling, uh, modeling amps, so like the um, the HX Stomp, using that. Going out of the H6 stump with like a preamp patch on it, out of that into this this unit, using that to um, power a cab. Yeah, power a cab. Like because you go to a venue, there's a cab there, pretty much. Like whoever you're playing with, like whatever, like whatever bands you're playing with, someone's gonna have a cab, or you could just bring like a little one twelve yourself. Sorted. Absolutely sorted. Um, yep. So, turning, turning your um, your modelling um, modelling units into into amplified units. Um, I mean, a lot of venues you'd go directly into the PA and have it in fallback, but <laughs> at, at that one venue <laughs> that just don't <laughs> don't have a PA for everything, then. You sorted. Have it in a gig bag. Absolutely sound. Um, I was thinking, like, what alternatives would there be for this? So we've talked about the EHX. Uh, in fact, actually, let's have a look at some prices for them. So, like, I think the forty-four is probably the um, yeah. the, the kindest one, isn't it? Because it's it's closest. So EHX forty-four. Uh, forty-four Magnum. Why? There we go. They're one hundred and fifty dollars. Why? Why is it? I'm in the Isle of Man. Why? Are you, why are you giving me prices in dollars? I've got one thirty-one, um, one thirty-one pounds on gear for music. Uh, yeah. So there you go. The the five millimeter, not nine millimeter. There you go. Power amp is fifty-nine. So. But that's five watt, I would assume. Yeah. So that that's not going to be doing. Doing crap for you, <laughs> for your, uh, your amplification needs. Um, so the, I mean, there's that the the forty four magnum, which again is not quite as powerful. Um, what else have you got? So we've got there's a Hotone. Is it the loud loud maker loudster loud something? Loudster sounds right, actually. Loudster. Um, here, let me Google it again. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, you've you've yeah, also ho- got. 
Yeah, go, carry on. Yeah. Ho- Hotone Loudster, that's 139, that's 75 watt. And that literally is, again, just a power amp. Yeah. Uh, how about the Ashdown Newt? Because that's, th- that's like... I've that's, never heard of that. We've we we have reported on that on this podcast. <laughs> they do like the newt, and then there's like the oh, what's the other one? There's a another one for bass as well. Right, okay. This the the newt. Yeah. Um, I think it's a full amp rather than a power amp. Looking at it, yeah, it's um, a pedal it's board like, power amp, isn't it? Yeah, but is uh, it? I think it's just a pedalboard guitar amp. It doesn't say power amp. Um, it looks like it's got EQ and um, like extra. There's like seven controls on the front of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think it's a full on amp, but that's that's three hundred. It's going to be three hundred quid when that drops. There you go. Uh, so I think that be that would be like near kind of. To, I mean that's that's an a bit, but yeah. Uh, I was thinking also the Vox M's MV50s. The little yeah, the little the little heads. Yeah, but again, they're like preamp built in as well, but they are two hundred quid. Yeah. So, uh, oh, and the the Moore Baby Bomb, which we talked about a little bit earlier, which is a very similar thing, but again, forty watts. I think it's I think it's pretty much a what on earth is that? Oh, that's downstairs. His car. <laughs> nice. It's really loud. <laughs> that that's that's quiet for it starting up. When he starts it at seven o'clock in the morning, it does my fucking head in. Because <laughs> he, he starts it and he revs it to about four and a half thousand revs just to warm the engine up before he races to work like a twat. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Yeah, I, I I can't be doing with it. Just if you've got a Toyota GTO or whatever it's called, please don't like start with your foot on the throttle because it'll annoy annoy your neighbours. Yeah, there you go. Uh, so more more baby bomb is eighty two quid, but again, is it's pretty much a direct clone of the forty four. I would have thought. So like it's it's seeming quite competitive. Yeah, yeah, it sounds quite competitive, and like for the just power amp stuff, it seems like it's a lot more powerful than a lot of them as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd be interested to hear it because. I've just literally just seen it. I haven't I haven't heard anything from it. Um, but maybe we'll see that on uh, on the Guitar Geeks channel soon, or he's uh, he's in with with Toman and that lot, isn't he? <laughs> what working for Toman? He's in with Toman. <laughs> yeah, he's in with Toman. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, there's that. So that's a that's a bit of news. Um, let's let's move on. So uh, last year was it, or the year before? Maybe it, it, I think it was last year. Uh, MXR released the Dookie Drive, which it did. Um, the basic premise behind it was there was two circuits within it that, uh, like, pointed towards two different amplifiers within uh, Green Day's career, and then you could blend between the two amps. To get like, yeah, I think like one was like slightly a slightly scooped sound, one was like a fatter sound, and you could you could dial between them. Uh, so that that pedal has has gone out of circulation, but recently, 
MXR have released the odd the FOD drive. Yeah. Yep. And that is a guitar pedal that has got two amplifier style circuits within the within the <laughs> pedal. And you can blend between the two. There's like this blend knob on it. Uh, <laughs> that sounds remarkably um, familiar. I don't know what you're talking about, Matt. I do not know what you are talking about. So it's got four controls. Well, four and a half. So it's got output, gain, uh, tone, and then this blend knob. Uh, it's also got a scoop switch, so you can bump the mids or scoop the mids. Um, and then it's uh, it's in a red sparkle finish, so it's got the finish has got absolutely nothing to do with Green Day. However, <laughs> however, I am to believe that the last track on Dookie was called FOD or FOD, or maybe FOD. like a hidden track or something. So. FOD has a hidden track in it. Okay, so the, there you go. It's the it's the last track on Dookie. Um, surprisingly enough, if it's if it's a not not the Dookie drive, but it is. Um, yeah, the last track is FOD, and then there's a there's a hidden track within that, like I yeah. don't know, four minutes in or whatever. Yeah. Do you remember I, when bands used to do that? Absolutely. Like and, there was a fair few, weren't there? Like. Around that kind of time where you'd have like two minutes worth of silence and then wee. Yeah, like the 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 ones I think of is Lincoln Park used to always do it. I think there's two or three Green Day albums that do it. Yeah, and and the other thing that I, like I remember that is broadly similar is Queens of the Stone Age songs for the deaf. The first song on the album is really quiet to start with to make you turn the volume up and then it throws it in at like 30 decibels above that to blow your speakers. <laughs> That's a dick move. That it is, it is real... but it's fucking brilliant when you're driving and somebody real... turns the radio up and you, and you just go, I'd turn mm-hmm. that back down if I was you. Uh-uh-uh. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. punch you in the face. Yeah, I'd, I'd love shit like that. Yeah, the the one uh, one hidden track that or, or really stands out to me because um, it was like the first time I I ever heard that was off um, Infest by Papa Roach, um, yeah. and they had like a like a reggae version of Tightrope, which was a song off one of their previous albums. Previous albums, yeah, yeah, and that was wicked. So I love that tune, but then I, I love the the original one as well. So it was wicked. Yeah, like the first time I kind of I noticed that there was a, a hidden track at the end of a, an album. Um, but yeah, so this Dookie Not Dookie Drive, I assume what's happened is that they had a license for the first however many of these pedals and now that license has expired, but they thought, actually, this pedal's pretty fucking good. Uh, let's not re- <laughs> Let's not like completely scrap it. Let's just release it. Yeah. In tacit. Yeah, that's it. Uh, I mean, they talked about uh, the Dookie Drive on on the Tone Jerks. Um, Yep. I think Kyle bought it, didn't he? I can't remember. One of them bought it. I think it was Kyle. Yeah. And to be fair, it seemed like it was um, quite quite well received as, as a pedal. Um, 
do I care? <laughs> I mean, I didn't buy an original Deaky Drive. I think we might have reported on it. We definitely reported on it. But I don't I don't think we, we were that bust, were we? I, yeah, like... I, I Like I say, really enjoy that kind of music when I'm in the mood for it. If I can get the sounds for it, would I buy something specifically just for that purpose? I'm not quite sure. In fact, I'm pretty sure I wouldn't. But yeah, yeah, it's it's not a, a genre of music that I think when I think of tone chasing. No, it's I something think... that it does have its own tone, but like, yeah, I, it, it's it's not a genre of music that I play very often. Um, mm. If I do, it tends to just be me. Like, yeah. I've there's we do cover a Blink One Eight Two song in one of the bands, but that's about it. And and you can just like kick in a drive and then a tube screamer on top, and it roughly sounds the same. Yeah, any drive will pretty much do, won't it? I don't yeah, know. Am yeah. I am I offending the uh, the pop punk guys? Probably a little bit, but like. Yeah, I don't know. Let me know. Let me know if that is, if that's a, a slight on your people. Brian's probably screaming at the thing. Yeah. That, uh, <sighs> Green Day and Brink One Eight Two aren't even pop punk. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. Well, yes, they are. I don't know. What would you call them? You don't. That, that's what I, I would call them pop punk. But I mean, that's what they're kind of colloquially known as over here. Um, and it's not. It's not like classic, classic punk, like uh, Pistols and The Clash. And yeah, well, I mean, I I tend to argue with people who class the Ramones as classic punk because they don't sound anything like real punk. Um, and I've just offended a load more people. But the Ramones aren't actually a proper punk band. They're something else again. They're not the Clash. They're not the Sex Pistols. They're not any. They're not like anything from the real era of the start of punk, so yeah. they need they need a different genre. Maybe they are their own genre. Uh, here's, Maybe here's they a, are. Here's a question then: if if you were gonna have a pedal, um, that was like a, a tone or a couple of tones from uh, from an artist in in a box, we've ascertained that. <laughs> the the tones from Dookie are probably not going to sell us. <laughs> so what one would or they two be? Tones from one yeah. artist. I mean, we've already we've already got the the Eric Clapton Crossroads pedal, so we've got the perfect one. Um, like that that's in the bag. <laughs> uh, like notoriously bad. I know. Uh, <laughs> like. Digitech did a few, didn't they? They did the Brian May Red Special. Wah, for some reason. <laughs> uh, they did Dan Donegan of uh, Disturbed. And that one was called okay. like, The Weapon. Excellent. I've not heard of that one. That, sounds, it. that sounds like some, some YouTubing later on. <laughs> Does. There was also uh, one which I don't think made it to the UK, but it was based on... a. Like a Japanese cartoon about like a band that were also vampires. Uh, it's like it's from, yeah, it's from the same same series, I think. And it, I believe it was like black and purple. This pedal was. 
Um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's as batshit crazy as it sounds. <laughs> but that's as that is as much information as I can remember about that one. Yeah. Uh, but but if you if you had to like come up with a pedal that had like certain sounds in it, like like an maybe like one or two tones from an artist that you could blend between. What are we saying? I, like it's it's a really difficult choice off the top of your head. It is, yeah. yeah. Um, the one that I can think of straight away, yeah, um, would probably be Mark Knopfler. Okay, yeah, and go for like a Brothers in Arms, really low gain, bluesy kind of light Marshally, and then. Like some of his more rocked up, heavier marshals, like the Money for Nothing or like yeah. something else like that, where you've got like a a really light. Basically, I'm building a messiah. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah, <laughs> where yeah, you've got like the really like, light kind of bluesy, yeah. just edge of breakup marshal, and then a full on in your face marshal. Yeah, like a toggle switch to switch between them. Yeah, yeah, that's a good idea. <laughs> in a purple enclosure. <laughs> yeah. I think these all might have been done before. You see, I was thinking, like, Brian May is a, is a brilliant candidate for this. Um, and if we completely ignore the Red Special wah that they did, uh, like having that Brian May cranked Vox with a treble booster treble in front booster. of it. Yeah. And then maybe, like, the Brian May chorusy sound, because he has, like, that kind of chorusy warble to some of his tones as well. Yeah. Like that, you could blend between. That'd yeah. be pr- pretty cool. Yeah, I'd be on board with that. Yeah, just definitely not made by Digitech, please. <laughs> you had your chance, you ruined it. Yeah, what? like of all the people to do for a war pedal, why Brian May? I mean, he has used a war pedal, but yeah. But it's like you think Brian May? Do you honestly think Crybaby? No, I don't. Oh, they did. They, <laughs> in fact, they did do um, a, a Hendrix one as well, didn't they? They did the purple, purple one oh, with the yellow shit. bits on it. Yes, they did. It was that horrendous thing. I, yeah. I literally wiped that from my memory. <laughs> yeah, as did I. <laughs> until <laughs> until this very moment, <laughs> I might have to uh, try and wipe it from my memory again. But no, it's, it's committed to tape, so. Damn. Yeah, we're fucked now. That's it. Com- committed to tape? Why is this the 1950s? <laughs> well, it's, like, it's committed to digital tape. Because <laughs> that's how it works. Uh, yeah. I think we're we're coming up to the end of the podcast, pretty much. What, what time are we on, Matt? Yeah, we've done about an hour and ten. Okay, okay. Um yeah, I reckon that's a, a decent enough place to end it. I was going to do our our uh, weird budget pedal list that we've had on the. We um, can do it. I've got time. Go on then. Go on. We'll we will we'll wrap it up. So, um, Gear News, uh, a source for a lot of our information, um, did a list of um, like the eight pedals that you've got. Like every guitarist should like try. Or should own or something like that. And then they did a follow-up to that list. Like eight more pedals. Yeah. And I didn't see the first one, but I saw the second one. <laughs> and that list is eerily 
eerily. <laughs> I mean, I'll just I'll I'll describe it, and you'll uh, you'll understand why I, I I'm considering that Gear News might have my room bugged. Uh, <laughs> so, top eight more cheap pedals that you need to try. Right, so Harley Benton American sounds. Yep. Yeah. Got, got one of them. <laughs> Use it. It's wonderful. Um, I I'd swear by it at every given opportunity. Uh, number two, Mojo Mojo. So your pedal, your, yeah, your, your signature yeah. pedal. Yeah, yeah. If if I had a signature pedal, that would be it. Number three, the Moor Trellicopter. <laughs> Literally, I'm I'm looking at that pedal right now. Yep, I can see it. Uh, number four, SD one. Like this, it's it's not even funny now. <laughs> yeah, I've done, uh, done like a video on pedal boards of doom with it, like versus the OD three. I've done a no torqueal tone on it. I <laughs> I rave about that pedal. Um, here we go. Next one up is this is one that I don't, I haven't tried and don't own. The Behringer Ultra Vibrato. However, Ultra Vibrato, <laughs> Vibrato pedal. Yeah. <laughs> TC Shaker, pretty much the same thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I think they they threw that in to, to just put me off the trail. Next one up is the Moor Shim Verb, which I'm not a massive verb user, but I have owned a Shim Verb in the past. Um, and then we've got the Behringer Vintage Tube Monster, which I again I haven't owned, um, but I've heard good things about. It. If you change the preamp tube in it, it's uh, it's actually pretty decent. Yeah. Uh, and then the final one is the TC Third Dimension. Yeah, uh, it's it's not you. No, it's not me. But like the first, the first four, my gosh. They've 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 literally listened to this podcast and go right. That guy calls himself Budget Pedal Chap. Let's just talk. Let's just pick four four pedals that he talks about all the fucking time. <laughs> That's it. I feel personally attacked. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think if I was going to make if I was going to switch the ones out. So if I was going to switch like the Ultra Vibrato, Ultra Vibrato would be the TC Shaker. Uh, the Moorshim verb I'd just completely get rid of, and the vintage tube overdrive. Uh, I'd probably keep the the third dimension. I don't own it, but it seems legit. You'd you'd have the the um, Moen Shaky Jimmy on there if it had that <laughs> on there. Definitely. What else do I use as well? What else is kind of? I mean. Possibly like the Moor Yellow Comp as well. I'm always talking about that. Yeah. Um, and the Dark Matter. I was going to say Dark Matter for the Tube Overdrive. Yeah, there you go. So I fixed your, fixed your list there, Gear News. Yeah. I mean, the the only other thing I'd throw in, is I'd get rid of the Dimension. I'd put an Afterglow in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah, to be fair, that is a wicked, wicked chorus. Really enjoyed that one. Yeah, like I... It will go on my second board, and it's it's not as good as the Analog Man, but it does similar sounds, and yeah. it's close enough to that original CE2, but with a blend, the 
Well, they call it a mix knob, don't they? Just yeah, so yeah. you've got some clean in there as well, which makes the CE2 functional <laughs> and not not the 80s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It adds subtlety to it, doesn't it? Yeah, and it, and it does it really well. Like for a, was it fifty quid pedal, forty quid pedal? It might have even been. I think it was I think thirty. I- I think, I think they're even nine quid. I think they're even less than that now. Maybe it's the yeah, like if, if you need a good chorus pedal, buy an Afterglow if you haven't got much money because yeah, yeah. I mean they're, they're solid pedals as well. They're really solidly built, which is it, yeah. it was the only complaint that you could have had about the um, the plastic Behringer line. Yeah, because I'm actually I'm playing them now and realizing actually they were pretty pretty legit. The only reason you'd ever not um, not really like them is if you're a new a guitarist. Dimes them. Yeah, you dime them and you put them for a solid state amp. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lovely place to. We've come full circle. <laughs> lovely place to end it. Right. So once again, our Patreon backers, thank you so much. For as little as two dollars a month, you can be one of those people. And we have got Bimson. We have got Yeomans of Chef Tone Effects. We have got. Doug Christ of 37 Effects. We've got Joseph Richardson of Abstracting Band with a new single out now, Argon. Go watch it. Um, we've got a huge erection. Yes, we do. Uh, we have got uh, Ben Fletcher of Fletcher Pickups and we've got Brian Gower of the Tone Jerks podcast. You missed, you missed Joseph Richardson, didn't you? No, I said Abstracting Band. Did you? Yeah. I, I, I must have zoned out for like five seconds. <laughs> <laughs> That is. I, I just completely missed that one. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Maybe even like so. If I didn't, if I didn't mention Joe, 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 there you go. You've had five half mentions. That's like <laughs> two and a half good mentions there. Um, if you want to catch me online, uh, it's uh, Facebook.com, Instagram.com, uh, YouTube.com/slash Budget Pedal Chap, and um, YouTube is home to the No Talk or Time series. And potentially coming up with uh, another in the series of the pickpocket. Ooh, go on to Instagram and choose which one you'd like to see. Uh, I think I've, I've put up three picks, so get on that now. Matt, you are heel underscore Matt Q at Twitch, Twitter, to Instagram. Yep. Yep. So that is us for this week. From myself, Mister Budget Pedal Chap. It will be a tatty bye and good night for this week. From my co-host, Mr. Matt Quine. Say bye, Matt. Bye, Matt. Hey, there we go. It will be a tatty bye and good night for this week. Ta-ra, a bit. Bye. Hopefully to see. Wave. Don't forget to wave. That's it. We are waving. Why are you not waving? Come on. Come on, listener. Wave at us. I don't wave. care if you drive and wave. That's it. More important. Have you heard the one about the corduroy pillow? No. Making headlines. <laughs> that will definitely do. It's a very good joke, that is. <laughs> <laughs>